Hello, and welcome to this free podcast promoting the new audiobook, The Ricky Gervais Guide to the Future, with me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant. Hello. And Carl Pilkington. All right. Um, we've recorded uh, the guide for your listening pleasure. Carl's musings on that, that topic um, and his predictions are, I think, some of the most ridiculous <laughs> and pointless things he's ever said. Yeah. Rick, you're saying that, uh, obviously, it's about the future, but um, perhaps we could pause for a second. Um, the uh, audiobook considers the future, but we've obviously known Carl for much of this decade. Um, when we first met him, um, obviously, I don't think either of us anticipated that we would be where we are today. No. Um, how do you see the changing Carl? How has he grown in your mind? It's interesting, isn't it, that uh, over the last sort of eight years... Um, that we've known Carl and uh, everything we've done together from you know the podcast through to these guides through to the animation um, the topic that keeps coming back up is the quest for knowledge the point of knowledge uh, nature versus nurture you know the human mind introspection mm. morality all those things that, that are huge massive conundrums and problems that philosophers and, and geniuses have pondered and yet it's his favourite subject as well which is ironic because he knows nothing yeah. but he's fascinated by that yeah but because you can't go wrong with it there's not a yes no answer is there you can say what you want no, give me an example of a question we asked that you could be right whether you said yes or no well the, 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 the future stuff the stuff we've talked about about the future well you can't be wrong laugh at it. you just don't know it do you mean if someone says, is the Mona Lisa a good or a bad piece of art, it doesn't matter what you say because it's opinion? Do you mean subjectivism or do you mean... Um, no, because that's just taste anyway. Well, I think there has, there has got to be some sort of objectivism within art, really. What do you mean? Well, an expert said this is a good bottle of wine, this is a bad bottle of wine... Yeah, but uh, he is—he—he he probably knows the, the good bottle of wine from the bad yeah, bottle but, of wine. Yeah, but I'm—I'm I'm glad I'm not that person who likes the the good wine, because it's just making their life difficult for them, because they can't enjoy the cheap stuff. No, what it's I'm like I watch MasterChef. Mm. Do they ever have beans on toast and be happy with it? No, but that's the different point. What I'm saying it's, is, it's not if, if you could, no, no, but a carpenter would know a good dovetail joint from a bad one, right? Uh, a doctor. Uh, would know a good piece of stitching from a bad piece of stitching. So um, it might be the fact that because you deal with your taste buds and uh, a, a, an aim, a paradigm of what um, excites them correctly, then you could tell a bottle that's turned within the last few hours or a cheese that's yeah. not quite right. So it's so a hindrance. But you might like bad wine. No, it's point. not that I like bad wine. It's right. just that I can't tell the difference. So it's easy for me. I can enjoy, I'll have a nice drink and go, yeah, I enjoyed that. An expert will go, a little bit off. Right. You so his night's been ruined. Yes, but you have never said you enjoyed anything except munches. So unless we're getting into munchy tasting... But I have had munches where, where the chocolate's gone a little bit off. It's like it's been melted and frozen again. Right. And I go, I'm not happy with these. <laughs> but that's because I've had a lot of munches. <laughs> exactly! Yeah. Exactly! So you're something of a munchy connoisseur. Okay, what did you thought? You opened them up, you saw... Did you see the chocolate immediately? I saw that it was a little bit white. So you see, because you, you could have seen that immediately. To, um, to have someone hadn't had munches before, they might go, that's all right. You go, whoa, 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 whoa. I've seen a million munches, and that one's slightly off. <laughs> um, I don't know, I prefer to give it to someone and say, what do you think of that? 
What do you mean? Well, let them have it and see if, if they enjoy it. But you know it's an inferior munchie. Why would you give that to someone else? Because they'll get more out of it than me. So what, you'd give someone a, an inferior munchie? Yes. Why? Because they don't know the difference. It's like giving... We could give all our bad food to some starving country. But why would you do that? Why don't you give them good food? Because we need the good food. Because yeah. we've got we've got sort of fancier taste buds than them. So you're saying there is there is a right and a wrong and uh, uh, you know to good and bad food. So you, you so you could say there is good and bad food. So you've put an objective view on taste. That was my initial point. No, but that's my taste buds. Yeah. But you, what, so you've got to taste every bit of food we send to Africa and go. Don't send that one. That's the good one. That munch is a little bit white. Send it off. <laughs> What are you saying? I'm, I've, I've already said what I'm saying. I said that at the end of the day, if you spoil yourself, you can't enjoy the simple things. So what, never have something that's too good because there's no going back? Have it as a special treat, but not every day. Right. The chefs on MasterChef, they're not, they're not enjoying a meal. They, they, they leave the food in the mouth far too long. They're tasting it for too long. Get it at. <laughs> They study it too much. If you study anything for too long, you can put yourself off it. Yeah. So just just have a look, have a taste. But Carl, in the time that I've known you, I you know I've tasted finer wines than I ever had when I was younger. I've eaten good food in good places, and I would like to think I could honestly say that I prefer the good food and the good wine. It's patently better. The flavours, the sensations are more exciting to the palate. They're more memorable. A good bottle of wine is infinitely more preferable than a cheap bottle of plonk from the supermarket. Depends what you're used to. It, it does depend on you, but 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 actually, um, Steve's point, because we weren't brought up on that sort of food, I mean, I didn't go to a restaurant till I was 14, my older brother took us, and I think it was the first time my mum had been in a restaurant, mm. right? And I've still got my um, quite simple um, plebeian sort of taste. I, I mean, I do love... Um, mature cheddar on beans on toast I, I, you can't beat it so it's harder for us to go over that but someone who's only ever been given the best food I mean I, I don't know what they I don't know what they think of a bad meal but I mean I, I come from a family where you know my father's rule with food tends to be more that you know it's all about quantity not quality you know the more food you have on your plate is better so when I was growing up the height of sophistication in any restaurant was the mixed grill because the yeah. mixed grill was a number of meats, lightly grilled, seemingly with nothing else. Whatever meat you have out there, grill it, bring it out. Um, and that was considered great and exciting because, you know, we didn't have all kinds of meats in our house every day. So that was something of a treat. But if I look back to those mixed grills, which at the time I enjoyed enormously, you know, they're not going to compare with eating, you know, the Fat Duck or, um, or a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, you know. But then I think that's going it too far. I don't, I, I don't want it to be P.T. Barnum. I do, I do want it to be good food that I enjoy and, you know, excite my taste buds and, and leave me full, dare I say it. Um, but uh, I, I don't need to t do things that taste different in your nose and your eyes than it did on your tongue and your throat. Yeah, but that's because you don't enjoy the sort of theatre of food, I don't enjoy the theatre, you know? no, that's true. That, that's, that's a kind true. of theatre, almost like a theatrical yes, experience. Yes, exactly, yeah. And, and I suppose that, I think you, when you go into it, you've got to know that it is actually something else. It isn't just a dining experience, it, it, it is something else. Yeah, like but I don't, I don't go out for that. If I go out for food, it's because I'm, I'm hungry. I don't want the chef cooking out the table. don't want to see it. So now it out. 
Why am I sat in the kitchen? Are you going to come and sit in the kitchen, have your meal, so you can see you cook? No, no. Where's it going to stop? Oh, let's see him wash up the plates after. It's, it's mental. We, I think yeah, it's chef's table is a bit weird. That's a bit intense. The table in the kitchen where you see everything. No, because again, all the clattering, fire... the noise, and him shouting exactly, at people. Exactly. That's like being There's... in the old small flat I had. Yeah. I want to get away from the kitchen, but I couldn't because it was next to the telly. Also, I don't. If I look at a kitchen, I have to turn away in case they wipe their nose or I see a bit of sweat drip into the souffle. Mm. I mustn't look into a kitchen for too long because I, I I will see something I don't like. Yeah. I will see someone not wash their hands enough, or anything can put me off. Yeah. Um, well, that was some um, bonus drivel there. Tremendous drivel. Um, let's have a, a clip from the actual audiobook, The Ricky Gervais Guide to the Future. <laughs> One prediction for the future, Carl, is from uh, an academic study, what, what the world would be like in about 75 years from mm -hmm. now. And uh, a big prediction they're sort of sure of is that androgyny will rule. There'll be so little difference between men and women, apart from the biology, economically, socially. It won't matter who the biggest breadwinner is, that's already being phased out. If you're in a traditional heterosexual male-female couple, it'll be who stays home, who earns the most or whatever. It won't be governed by, by gender. Um, and that's getting less and less anyway, as it is now. But soon you won't even need a female or a man in your life you'll just need the egg or sperm mm. and uh you'll be able to have any coupling you want or or not thoughts carl that that isn't what i've heard what were you heard i well, heard that so you got you you read a, an academic study rick but yeah. well, let's find out what carl's well, been reading i heard we're uh you know we're all gonna go ugly <laughs> Different point, though, isn't it? It's That's a completely a different, different point, point no? Not listening to a word no. Ricky said. But no, it's on. just it's just uh, if we all sort of go ugly, uh, that will sort the population. He gets an out. extra syllable in the word ugly. Mm. Ugly, <coughs> ugly, ugly. Yeah. So that that just sorts the population out because people aren't sort of having it away left, well, right, and well, centre. Well, no, well then that, that doesn't sort. Of, what do you mean? Sorry, Rick, I don't understand what the hell he said there. Is it's, he, there's are you so saying? Many... Are you saying because everyone's ugly, everyone won't want to have it away more with the ugly person? Yeah. Okay, I still don't. You seem to understand what he's talking about, Rick. I'm still confused. But what, what, he, what he thinks is that if we all if we're all ugly, then we still have this strange paradigm of beauty that won't exist, so we won't fancy anyone as no, much. No, no, they'll still sort of fancy because at the end of the day, we're animals, aren't we? Yeah. So we'll still have it away, but yeah. not as much as they'd like to do now because it's all based on looks. Sorry, so I, but what's this got to do with what's this Ricky world said? like? Describe you, describe Ricky's, a typical town or or country. It's exactly me. right. Imagine London. You've still got the gherkin. You've still got the big wheel. That's right. it's just everyone's ugly. Right, and they're and they're doing all the same jobs, are they? they Everyone's just, still yeah. The so world's what, got to carry what on. What do they look like? What's ugly? Just imagine, like, yeah. I, have you ever seen anyone when you've just gone? Look at that. Yeah. Right. Well, like like that. Yeah, but hold on. It's ugly by today's standards, is it? So I throw forward to 75 years, you'll go, oh, everyone's what we call ugly, but what's happened to society? What do they think of everyone? They won't suddenly go in, oh, and it's annoying, we've got, we've got uglier. Because it's not no, like a strict... No, because we have got better looking, haven't we? If I look back now... Yeah. ...at a school photo... Yeah. ...you look at my class and you go, what, what was going on then? 
Well, you can't tell the difference <laughs> we, we, between we some all... of the girls and the blokes. No, but that's not true. Because it is, honestly. You that's look at fashion it and, you and see nutrition. Stuff. And I see that, yeah, yeah. When I see an old episode of Bullseye, I think, Jesus, the men look like right. rakes with right. no teeth and a moustache. Yeah. And, they're, and they're, they're bald with their hair down like a paedophile. And he goes, now how old are you? And I'm like, 52. 52 goes, I'm 22. He said, what? Yeah, but that's more because of the sort of people that used to go on Bullseye. I mean, yeah. you know... <laughs> Paul, exactly. Paul Newman was never going to pop on Bullseye. <laughs> no, exactly. You know, because he was actually then, a plumber from, you know, yeah. Essex. And then think of the people that he grew up with, well, where he, I mean, some of them live in holes now. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think you're, the, the class of um, Pilkey 1982 doesn't really count. When he said, we've got better looking, I thought he was going to talk about cavemen. Not <laughs> yeah, his school no. photo. I mean, what happened there? there? There's been no evolution in that time. What are you talking about, Carl? <laughs> well, there you go. The Ricky Gervais Guide to the Future. Um, well, we hope you enjoy the future, whatever it holds for you. <laughs> we do. Yeah. We yeah. Do. Goodbye from me, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant. Yeah. And a man... I use the term loosely, who hasn't changed and probably never will, Carl Pilkington. Right.